Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Our American culture has become so focused on obtaining wealth and loving yourself, self-care, self-help, self-love. This is the message that books, music, and movies constantly tell us. Today, Pastor Jim teaches you that in the last days, people will become lovers of self and lovers of money. Sound familiar? This should cause you and me to pause and examine our hearts and our bank accounts. Are we more concerned with storing up treasures on earth, or are you giving generously and storing up heavenly treasures? Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 as he continues his message, What to Expect in the Last Days. I focus on God's love for me because he will love me so much better than I will love me. My Pam loves me way better than I love me, <laughs> right? I, don't, I, don't, I get fed up with myself a lot. It might also, I hate to say this, we're gonna go through some of these things, uh, might also be a checklist for all of us. But let's start with the question. Ask yourself this, do I put myself first in almost all areas of life? Do I do that? That may be the theme of these verses. Some people, including the false teachers, some that would call themselves Christians, some that would call themselves pastors, are totally self-centered. There's a word we use a lot for somebody who's totally a lover of themselves. You know what that word is? It's a narcissist, right? That's a word we use a lot. And they were in um, Timothy's church. They're everywhere. You probably know some of them. Maybe you are one, I don't know. I don't live with you. But uh, narcissism is actually a religion, really, when you think of it. it. It puts self on the throne. You are God. You care about your, all you care about is yourself. It's someone's own complete self-obsession. They're just obsessed with themselves all the time. You know, the whole world is bordered on the north by themselves, the south by themselves, the east and the west by themselves, and the middle is them, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's all about them. Narcissism, if you talk to health professionals, they'll tell you that it's, that it's, a, that it's a mental disorder, that it's a mental health condition. For many, it is a perception of self-importance. Now, listen, you are all important to me, and, and we are all important to one another, at least we should be. But if we just live with the sense of we are the all-important person to ourselves, that is not good at all. Uh, such people need and seek attention. Uh, they, will, they want desperately the admiration of others. That is just being just immature, I mean, my father used to always tell me when I was a little kid, this big, you know, four or five years old, Daddy, are you proud of me? Right? I, I, are you proud of me out here, people? <laughs> right? I mean, that's ridiculous. Grow up. Are you proud of me? <laughs> right? Now, when I was older, my father used to tell me he was proud of me. But I didn't ask him. Now, some of you say, well, that's really nice, Jim. You had, a good, you had a good dad. My father would put his arm around me and he'd say, you know, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He would always say that to me. He would, he would say to me, son, I'm so proud of you. 
Now I can die and know that you're not going to be mooching off your mother. <laughs> he'd, say, he'd say to me, son, look at you. I'm so proud of you. You've got such a beautiful wife, three beautiful kids. You live in a nice house. Don't screw it up. <laughs> right, but, 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 you know, some people, they just, they have to have the admiration of others. They live for the admiration of others. I've told you many times before, there's one chair in this church that I am preaching to, and it's in the far back corner. You can turn around and look at it right now, sitting in the far back corner. Somebody you say, some of you say, wow, he's really lost his marbles. There's nobody sitting in that back corner chair. Oh, he's there. He's there. And his name is Jesus. And he's got his arms folded and going, get on with it, boy. The tough stuff's coming and you're wasting time. <laughs> right? That's the audience is one. And so but the sad part about it is, is when people desperately want the admiration of others, they want the respect of others, they will destroy you if you don't give it to them. They will come gunning for you. Now, such people are responsible for a lot of the stress in our lives and a lot of the difficult times of the last days. Philippians chapter 2, verse 21, Paul told the Philippians, for all seek their own, some verses say their own interests, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. You say, well, what, what about the church, Pastor Jim? Well, I would say this, that uh, in many churches, Jesus Christ is not denied. He's just not really talked about very much. <laughs> He, he, they won't deny him. You guys believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, we believe in Jesus. You know, Jesus is just all right with me, right? Yeah. Don't forget, that's a song by a group called the Doobie Brothers. If you don't know what that is, good, okay? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, right now we live in the age of the gospel of self. The gospel of self is elevated, and that, when the gospel of self is what puts the new king on the throne, Again, it doesn't necessarily deny Jesus, it just replaces Jesus. After that, he says, lovers of money. That's a sin taught by Jesus and the apostles, but it's not just rich people. Poor people can be lovers of money too. Uh, they're just, that's why they're always, they have this profound hatred for the rich. But many people, rich or poor, they just long for possessions they, they, if they have lots of money, they just buy, 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 buy. And if they're not, they don't have money, they just hint at people to give them things. But generally, both categories are not particularly generous, or if they are, there's a generosity to be seen. Teaching on treasure in heaven, Jesus said this, Luke 12, 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in, in America... Treasures primarily for a lot of people is time and money. That's American treasure. And so look at your time, look at your money, and that will show you where your treasure is. You, you don't need anybody to point it out to you. You can, you can look that up for yourselves. It's interesting or sad, really, that, that being a lover of self or a lover of money are connected. They, they seem to walk together. And... and Again, I don't say any of this to make anybody feel guilty. I want everybody to take this stuff home and analyze it themselves. 
Write down some things as you're taking notes. Mull these things over. But both of these loves will separate people from God. Anything we love more than God will take us away from God, and Jesus doesn't even count that as loving him. Problem is, people don't see it. Why, they, why don't they see it? Because it is such an American way of life. It's the way we are taught to live. Luke chapter 16, Jesus said, the Pharisees were lovers of money. Now, we typically hate the Pharisees. Let's be honest. We hate those guys. Well, every time we read about them, we're like, we hate those guys. But we like to think we could never be like them. But is that true? Is that true? Again, I, I'm not talking to anybody here in particular. I, I talk to myself. And Jesus is like, get on with it, right? That, but do you know that the majority of people that attend church give no money to the church? Like, it's not even close. It's not even close. The majority. They got lots of opinions. By the way, opinions cost money. You want to come to me and talk about it? They cost money. They got no problem with going back for two and three bagels. Right? They like to come in and sit and enjoy everything. They, you know, we always say the gospel's free, but the landlord wants cash. Right? But the vast majority don't. And, and you know, the, this is, a, this is a, the reality of it. Do you know that people, sometimes people say, you know, I got a problem with tithing. You know, it's hard for me. It's, it's sucking me dry. And I'm like, do you really tithe? And then they'll, and I'll be like, well, yeah, tithing is not giving money. So if I take $5 out of my pocket a month, that means I make $50 a month. Let's take a collection from me now if that's what I make, okay? But let, let's, let's think tithing is 10%. I can tell you right now, based upon the number of people that attend our church, that if everybody tithed, our staff would be about five times bigger four times bigger, and our budget would be five times bigger than it is. So I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just saying people say, well, why don't we have this? Why don't we have that? We should do this. You should do that. Why, you guys look like you're, some of you guys look like you're tired. If another person tells me I look like I need a day off, I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right, I do. Right? Or you need a vacation, Jim. You're right, I do. Right? So, so that's it. So statistically, while people say that they do, just giving you statistics, 75 to 90% do not. That's it, 75 to 90%. And here's the most interesting statistic of all. Of those that actually do give 10% of their income, 75% of them, 75% give between 11 and 20%. Isn't that amazing? What does that tell you? That a relatively few people are carrying every church in America. So what if each person just said, you know what, I'm not giving anything. I'm gonna try giving 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. You think that would make no difference? I could tell you something, it'd make a huge difference. Huge difference. 
with all the people that go here, it would make a huge difference. Again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I just don't want you to meet God and have him go, you know, you're pretty darn stingy. You, don't, you want to meet that? At least, at the very least, don't you want to be in line with the generous people? Right? So, so the list goes on, and it's amazing how often these things are found, but not always in selfish people. So verse two goes on. It says, boasters, boasters. Those are, those are self-promoters, people trying to look important. They're not servants. Next is proud. Some verses say arrogant. These are people who lack true humility. That's why the Bible constantly calls this out and shepherds us away from being this way. Next, he says how destructive some people will be. Blasphemers, some versions say abusive. We might say constantly lying and tearing people down or lying about God. Disobedient to parents. Uh, That's always a big one with the young people. Um, What might we say? Rebellious to authority, including to the Lord himself. Yeah, the the last days are going to be pretty ugly. And the last days church in some places is going to be pretty ugly. The next words that characterize a lack of faith, unthankful. Some versions say ungrateful um, to God, and and, and it could be a a sense of entitlement. Unholy, no no inner purity. Verse three, unloving, unforgiving. Uh, Another version says irreconcilable. In other words, they don't even consider or will give you the time of day to work out differences they may have with you. How unbiblical is that? Um slanderers, some versions say malicious gossips, they spread rumors and lies. But by the way, these are the kind of people that destroy churches and they cause a lot of people to fall away from the Lord. I, I, I tell you what, I do not want to be that person and meet God. Without self-control, this is the undisciplined person, destructive to themselves and to others. Next word is brutal. These are, these are ruthless and cold lovers of themselves, despisers of good. Some versions say haters of good. Uh, another version says without love for what is good. They tend towards evil. They lack moral sensitivity. They have no interest at all in what's good for people. They only care about what's good for themselves. Now again, we do need to take care of ourselves. That's part of living, okay? If I, don't, if I don't take care of myself, I'll be calling out sick all the time. So we all, we all need to, as best as we can, take care of ourselves. Does it, you know? Verse four, traitors. Gosh, how would you like to be called a traitor? Uh, some versions say treacherous. In other words, you have no loyalty. No loyalty. Headstrong, some versions say reckless. Um, people who make hasty decisions. You know anybody who makes a lot of hasty decisions on every little thing? You, you, you ever try and talk to them? Can't talk to them. Haughty, it's another word for conceited. And, and then the summary, lovers of pleasure, we might call it self-gratification rather than lovers of God. Now, 
<laughs> we probably saw something of ourselves in, in, in that list. If you didn't see anything of yourself, oh boy. <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Narcissism. <laughs> okay, so none of us are close to perfect here. That's why Jesus had to come. But loving God, loving Jesus, will begin to kill these things in our hearts. So hopefully as you're coming here week after week, month after month, year after year, you're becoming more like those things. So if you could break it down to three things, I think it would be narcissism, love and obsession with yourself. In American, we just call it individualism, you know. Uh, secondly, materialism, love money and of money, an inordinate love of money and possessions. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. If you're a generous person, that's, that's fine, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Thirdly, hedonism, love of pleasure. Um, all three of these things will lead to misdirected love and will lead you away from God. They just will. If you love something, you know, other than God, you will pursue that. You will pursue that which you love. So let's come to verse five. I want to read it twice. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. So he says, having a form. So that has to do with an outward appearance. He says, in the last days, there are going to be people who have a form of godliness. They're going to look the part. They're going to look the part. A form of godliness. They're going to appear godly. A lot of times it's a superficialness, not very deep, but denying its power. Well, what, what is that? I guess you might say they don't practice what they preach. So they will talk a good game, but when you get them out on the court, they, they, they can't sink a basket. They can't, they can't get it done. They, they're never, they're, hey, bro, you, you need something, you give me a call, I'm there for you. And then you give them a call, oh, not this time. Oh, you got me at a bad time. Not now, not now. And then after a thousand calls, they go, why don't you call me anymore? You're like, ah, uh, you know, I don't want to bother you. You're not bothering me. I go, I go, you go, yeah, I know I'm not. <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, denying its power. And he says, and from such people, turn away. Another verse says, avoid them. Why? It's just a bad religious show. And you don't want to become like that. And, and they, these people are not walking in the newness of life. They're not walking in the grace of God. This is, this is, very scary stuff, and I hate to say, after all these years, I've, I've, I've seen it many times, not just in pastoring, but being in other leadership roles at other places, um, and you even see it at the church leader and the pastor level. Unfortunately, a lot of guys seem to think when they become a church leader or a pastor, that means they've arrived. Yes, you've arrived at being a servant of the flock of God. <laughs> we, 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 we watched you, we saw you were a servant, and so now we want to make you more of a servant. 
okay? Maybe in a different role and function, but that's what we, we want to do. People who are able to look the part, often this, they look the part to some people. Although there are some that see through it, and if not, they do in time. So, you know, I remember uh, when I was the church that I came from, I had been there a few years, and uh, two of the elders were asking my kids about me. Now, you might say, that's kind of sneaky. My wife was like, can you believe these questions they asked our kids? And I said, kind of. She said, why? I said, I think I'm on the elder shortlist. And I think they want to find out from my kids if I'm the real deal. So I guess my kids fooled them. Because <laughs> here I am. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's it. So, but those others, they see right through it. I remember a guy in a church years ago that he was an elder and uh, a bunch of us were like, that guy's such a phony. And there was another guy, we were like, that guy's such a phony. But he had fooled the right people. Sure enough, one left his wife for some young chick, and, sorry ladies, uh, and, and, the, and the other guy was caught cheating on his wife. Okay, oh, and the third guy at a church before that, we knew he was a phony, and he was caught stealing from the church. He was an employee, and he would tell the people if the pastor was home getting the sermon ready, he was out doing other stuff. But he said, I'm working hard, cleaning the place, you know? And we'd like, why does the church look so dirty? We pay this guy to clean it. So this kind of stuff goes on all over the place. So how do people see through this? They, they watch them closely. They realize over time they are not spirit-filled people. But here's where we have to be careful in the last days. Um, a lot of times they read their Bible they know Bible verses. They pray, right? I mean, just think about it. I know we don't like to give the devil much credit, but would, if, if you wanted to really ruin other Christians, we think that it would be the people on the outside of the church, but wouldn't you come in? I mean, that's what you would do. That's what terrorists do. They, they that's what the CIA does, right? They, 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 they infiltrate an organization. And sometimes three or four of them will infiltrate an organization and they don't know which is the other CIA agents, right? So it's all this, this, this stuff that goes on. And they offer counsel a lot of times. A lot of times it's bad, but they tend to be dishonest and deceptive. The Bible calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. The apostle Paul says, have nothing to do with them. Timothy, don't give them an office. Be careful. Sometimes you have to excommunicate them. You have to, you know, that's basically asking them to leave. Now, in chapter two, you said, but we're supposed to be gentle and engage them. Perhaps these are people that, that there are, you have to decide these are people who are not open, but these are people who are faking it. Their, their faith is empty. It has no power. They deceive they're largely ineffective, and they often ride other people's waves. Now, sometimes people leave churches because of the actions of some pastor who is uh, disqualified. That is no reason to leave. 
Why? Because God told us this was going to happen. Okay? It's really important. Don't you let the actions of somebody else affect you. You got an issue, you go talk to them about it. Okay? But, but, but don't let that stop you in your faith. In, in essence, uh, since they are self-centered, these people of verse five have shut off the power of the Holy Spirit and they have an inconsistent Christian life. We're not talking about perfection here. None of us are perf- perfect. But they have an inconsistent Christian life. They lack true godliness. They, they, they don't grasp the word of God and what it means to be motivated by grace. And, and they lack the ability to turn the grace of God into a lifestyle. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.